Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is People Every Day. Coming up, J-Lo and Ben, Irina and Kanye, all of the surprising new romance updates out of Hollywood. Plus, Naya Rivera's last call to her dad, Howie Mandel and his daughter's shared struggle, and Karamo Brown on his health, happiness, and the return of Queer Eye. It's June 9th. This is People Every Day. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is Wednesday and also Loki Day for all of you Marvel fans out there. The villainous Thor sibling has his own show on Disney Plus, and I am sure my son will be obsessed once he finds out. <laughs> At least it'll give me a break from Pokemon. I am telling you. I'm excited about today because later in the show, I catch up with Karamo Brown. The real world veteran is the heart and soul of one of my favorite shows, Queer Eye. He's also an Emmy winner these days. And we talk about his journey and also a daily health struggle he has that he says few people know about. So stick around for that one. Now, though, let's talk top stories. And there are some good ones this week, including a few big exclusives coming straight out of the People newsroom. One of my faves, senior editor Brianne Heldman, is here now to take us through it all. Hi, Brianne. Hi, Janine. And I will just say before we get into it, Loki is terrific and you are not going to be disappointed. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. I'll do it. <laughs> so so you were a busy one this week. Major news is breaking out of the issue and it's almost all TV related, right? Yep. <laughs> it was a busy Monday. Busy Monday. So let's start with the late uh, Naya Rivera. The Glee actress died exactly a year ago, drowning in Lake Piru near her home in California after taking a boat out with her son. And we spoke with her father, uh, who, you know, is just kind of commemorating uh, that anniversary, that horrible anniversary by sharing sharing how he's been in the wake of all of that. So tell us what he had to say. So our reporter, Johnny Dodd, had an incredibly emotional interview with George Rivera. Uh, George is now about to face his first Father's Day after losing Naya. Naya is the oldest of three with his ex-wife, mm -hmm. Yolanda. Uh, Naya was 33 when she died. Um, and the big revelation from this interview, which is just devastating is that Naya actually called George via FaceTime from the boat on Lake Piru what? and was asking for his advice. She, she really wanted to take her then four-year-old son Josie swimming in the lake, uh, but the boat that they had rented did not have an anchor and it did not have all of the necessary flotation devices. And George advised her not to go swimming and, and really urged her not to. The FaceTime call crashed. They ended up, uh, you know, being cut off. But at some point during the call, Naya seemed so happy. He decided to just take a screenshot. He has a screenshot from that phone call where she is oh smiling goodness. and full of joy. And, you know, as we know, she then did decide to go swimming with Josie and saved Josie, but drowned herself. Goodness. Uh, what did he have to say about how he's doing, how he's 
been coping with all of this? He's absolutely struggling. He says he, he misses her every day, but one of the things he really emphasized was how well Josie is doing, that Josie is getting help. Uh, he said, quote, the kid is resilient and that the family is not hiding anything from him. George and his wife have since moved from Tennessee, where they had been living at the time of Naya's death, to San Diego. So they're fairly close. He says he sees Josie about twice a month. And he said, as a father, I don't know that missing her is something you get over, which I, I, I mean, I can't imagine. It's just, it's so sad. Um, certainly, he also went on to talk about what a great place Naya was in at the time of her death. She was busy making plans. She was talking about going back into the recording studio and trying to get more involved in music. And they had plans to go to Nashville together to, to do that. It's just so terrible. And it's also a, a reminder, you know, now we're getting back into summer and all that and the lakes are opening up. Just be careful, be safe, you know, take care of yourself out there while you're having fun. Um, thanks for taking us into that, Brianne. But you did another major story, uh, <laughs> the cover. Uh, let's talk about Howie Mandel, uh, the America's Got Talent judge, who we, of course, know from St. Elsewhere and the Howie Mandel show and Deal or No Deal. Of course, that was my favorite. I actually play the board game still. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that game. But um, but he he's talked about this before, his OCD. He has extreme, severe OCD. But his daughter has it, too. I did not know this until this week. And they talk about their kind of concurrent struggle. Right. So tell me uh, what they had to say. So this was really fascinating because you don't really think about some of the nature of, you know, some of these these mental illnesses. They are genetic. And uh, and Jackie, who is not Mandel anymore, she's Jackie Schultz. She's married. She also experiences anxiety and OCD. And one of the one of the most powerful to me things that Howie said to us was that he he feels a lot of guilt about this gift that he has given his daughter, that that it is he he knows that this is difficult to live with. And and they talked about how difficult it was when she was a teenager, that they really struggled to get along. They were kind of facing the same issues, but but really clashing. And now that Jackie is in her 30s, it has brought them together in some ways. They make jokes about it. They have a podcast together. They're extremely close, which is so lovely to see. I, I want to talk about um, Jackie and, and just her experience because we haven't heard it so much. So let's listen in to a little bit of what she had to say about how she deals with it. A lot of people know that he has OCD and he's suffering with this. Uh, I don't think as many people know that I suffer with the same issues and I have anxiety that sometimes leads to depression and a lot of it has to do with germs also. And so it was hard for me and to explain to some of my friends and family members that I was going through the extreme and shutting down and locking myself in. And it was also hard because he had to go to work, which scared me. Wow. And, and you think about that, about just how the pandemic, for those of us who don't have OCD, it's like, okay, you know, you, you feel like you can understand it a little bit. But if you do, how terrifying this whole year must have been. So what was it like for them dealing with just very real germs that are out there that are killing people? It was terrifying. Howie said that 
One of the things that was really, really difficult with the pandemic is that under normal circumstances, he leans on family and friends and people he trusts to tell him Mm. that everything's going to be okay when he is having an episode. And now everyone in the world was not okay. And and yeah. that was really, really dark for him and really difficult. And look, he, he talked really openly about just how painful and how difficult this struggle is. OCD is a thing a lot of people make jokes about, but it is really real for him. Um, and he, even the day before our photo shoot, he said he couldn't get out of bed. This is, this is really a, a daily struggle for him and for Jackie. Oh goodness! So I'm 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 hoping as as things get a little bit back to normal that they they get a little reprieve from from the anxiety. I'm sure that they're feeling. Uh, let Let's end on a high note. <laughs> let's end on some some happy news out there. Uh, heart monitor. Let's 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 call it heart monitor. I, like I we love do it. in the magazine. Let's just check in on some of these relationships that I am so excited about. Uh, <laughs> starting with J Lo. And Ben Affleck. So give me the latest. We'll do it rapid fire. Give me the latest on J-Lo and Ben. So J-Lo and Ben are still spending lots of time together, making lots of plans. It appears mm-hmm. that J-Lo will, will be moving to L.A. Now, currently she lives in Miami. She had lived in a home in Miami with A-Rod. And mm-hmm. uh, she does own property in L.A. So it's not that surprising. But she did consider mm-hmm. Miami to be her home base. And it is looking very much like that may be changing. She's apparently looking at schools for the kids. And yeah, it's exciting. Okay, so things are just heating up. And and I have to bring this funny fact in that came up in our morning meeting. Uh, It's been 17 years, of course, since they were together. And someone posted this meme, my my editor, uh, my producer, Julia, told me about it, that the locusts were, not the locusts, what are they? Um, The the cicadas. The cicadas. (laughs) The locusts. (laughs) It's a plague. No, the cicadas were around when they were together the first time. And then 17 years later, the cicadas are back. I mean... Is there some like something cosmic to that? I just, I'm just I saying. just I feel like there are some fortune tellers we should be talking to, some <laughs> some crystal balls we should be looking in. Like what other 17 years ago things are about? I know, to I know. Well, hopefully uh, they last, and the the cicadas don't because I think they're disgusting. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> so let's let's move on. Kanye and. Irina Shake, Kanye West and Irina Shake. Uh, what do we speculate? Because I don't think we know anything yet. So what do we speculate about these we two? We are in full speculation mode. Absolutely. So Kanye <laughs> just celebrated his birthday yesterday. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's been about four months since Kim Kardashian filed for divorce. And of course, Irina, just for those who forget, is a very famous model. She dated Bradley Cooper for four Gorgeous. years uh, and is the model to Bradley Cooper's four-year-old daughter, Leah. She actually appeared in Kanye's music video for the song Power in 2010. It's one of my workout songs. (laughs) Um, So we do know that they've known each other for a long time. Um, There Mm -hmm. were whispers about them that we were starting to hear a few weeks ago, but uh, now there are some photos surfacing of them spending time together, it sounds like, in France. So we shall see, Mm -hmm. but that is an Mm -hmm. interesting pairing for sure. 
And last one, just some happy news. Frankie Grande, Ariana Grande's brother, uh, is sharing some very happy news. What does he have going on in the love Frankie department? Grande is engaged. Uh, he proposed to Hale, Hale Leon. I'm, ta- I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, and tricked him into thinking they were celebrating Frankie's four-year sober anniversary, but surprised him with this proposal instead. I love that. There's so much joy happening in that Grande family right now. I know. Just weddings and weddings and babies soon. Oh, Who knows? Girl. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not, I love you, Scott. I am not rushing anyone. <laughs> I am not rushing anyone, and I am not putting that on anyone if they don't want it. Uh, well, this is just awesome. Brianne, thank you so much for just going through all of the, the ups and downs, ins and outs of, of the news today. Of course. Next up, Karamo Brown shares his debilitating health struggle and how Queer Eye is shaking things up down in Texas. Stay tuned. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A special day, everybody. Karamo Brown is here, beloved as the culture expert on Netflix's Queer Eye, a job that's earned him three back-to-back Emmy Awards. Outside of Queer Eye, a show that always makes me cry, he is the author of two books, his memoir titled Karamo, My Story of Embracing Purpose, Healing, and Hope, and the children's book, I Am Perfectly Designed, which he wrote with his son, Jason. He's a dad of two, actually, and if all that doesn't sound like he is busy enough, he hosts Karamo, the podcast, which is kicking off its third season this month. He's got so much going on, but first we're going to discuss something that gets in the way of all of it, a chronic illness he's been dealing with for years. So Karamo, thanks for being here. Of course. First of all, thank you for that cute intro. I appreciate that. Well, you are so welcome and deserving of a good introduction, but let's jump right in. We are in the midst of Migraine Awareness Month. June is that. I didn't know that. And I wasn't aware of just how much this affects people. And you are one of those people who suffers from severe migraines. So talk to me a little bit about your experience with this, your journey. Yes, I've been suffering with migraines since I was in high school. And when I'm telling you this was one of the most debilitating things I've ever experienced in my life, where I just could not see, I couldn't focus. And, but there was so much misinformation and miseducation around it that people used to just tell me like, oh, you're being dramatic. Stop acting like that. Just take, take, take a pill and you'll be fine in 10 seconds. You know, like all these things. 
And it was one of these moments where I felt so dehumanized and undervalued because I was like, I know what I'm experiencing, but yet you're telling me that I'm wrong. And it wasn't until I got into college that I really started to learn and got the education and information of what migraine is that I started being like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. What I was experiencing wasn't just a headache. It was more than that. So what are your symptoms? Because, well, my grandma suffers from migraines. And I remember, you know, we would be quiet and turn down the lights, but uh, migraines affect different people differently. So, yeah, I would get nauseated. Um, I wouldn't be able to look at light. I would have to put black curtains up or something to shut out all the light. I I could I was sensitive to noises. Imagine like being in front of a speaker and the speaker just going. And then on top of that, the light is hitting you. And so the light, the, the noise I, I, just, I felt sick. It, it was really bad for me. So season six of Queer Eye is coming. Uh, we know it's happening. Production started earlier this yeah. year in Texas. And uh, well, one, what can you tell me about the season? Because I'm so excited about the show. You know that. But also, how are you affected when you're on set? Like, do you ever have to step away? Do the migraines come and you're just like, cut, cut, I can't. Listen, I've been on set before where I've literally had to like, crawl myself into the trailer and luckily i have such a supportive loving cast they've been there to love me and support on me and just like be there for me but it's hard but i will tell you this season thus far since we've been shooting i haven't had any of those issues and it has been one of the most extraordinary seasons i mean the the one thing i will say to you is putting us in texas during the pandemic with the political climate we're in they needed us five queers to be down here because we're having we're having a lot of fun. We know we are having a lot of fun with cowboy hat. I've never been a cowboy hat so much that I've been in. And not because no one's forcing me, but I'm like, really? Y'all girls want to wear this? I'm going to wear it with y'all. But then also it's like, this is real conversations of like, you know, coming across people who are very blatant about like, I don't, I don't interact with black folks. I don't inter- interact with brown folks. I don't interact with y'all gays. Like, you're in a dress. I don't, I don't understand this. Vocal, a vocal, a vocal. And to be very honest with you, this is the first time I've ever had people tell me after I hated, hated you. And it's because no one has ever challenged them when it comes to their emotional or mental health. And then on top of that, and this is just me, I think that a lot of times these individuals have never been challenged by someone who is black. Uh, well, let's talk about your memoir a little bit and what you put in that book. Uh, you are just this force of of positivity and light and strength on Queer Eye. But you talk about in your book how you had those low moments, those periods that you had to just kind mm-hmm. of crawl through. So do you feel like that prepared you to be who we know you to be on the show? Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you, the biggest gift that I've ever had is being vulnerable and being open about my experiences because that has allowed me to connect with all these people. Yes, I have training, but literally the fact that I can say to people, there is no judgment because let me tell you something, I don't want nobody judging me, so I'm not going to judge you. Family relationships, abuse, um, drugs, any of these things, baby mama drama, I've been through it all. I have literally, and I'm open about it because the thing is, is that growing up, I didn't have somebody who transparently told me like, this is what happened. And so therefore, I just went through all of these things that I just... I'm just in a space now where I'm like, if someone doesn't have to go through hardships because I can share with them my experience or I can give them some advice, why not? 
girl, it's, we all go through enough. Let me just help you with this one area. So you ain't got to go through that. Nice, nice. Well, it's also Pride Month right now. And, uh, you know, we are getting all of these inspiring stories and learning about people's journeys. And I guess Billy Porter put a spotlight on this most recently, but also your Queer Eye co-star, Jonathan Van Ness. Uh, it's been two years since he mm-hmm. has been open about being HIV positive, And that's a journey that you've been able to witness. So what has that been like for you? Well, you know, HIV and AIDS advocacy has always been important to me. Um, the moment that I got into this, because I've dated people who are HIV positive, And it's something that before we even had the education, I kind of just knew, like, be smart, do this. I will tell you more so even than Jonathan, who I'm so proud of for what he did. I'm really as a black man, so proud of Billy because in the black community, we only have, I guess it's now magic and Billy. We don't have anybody else that has been open about their status. And the thing is, is that when, when you go to the CDC, we know for a fact that black gay men, then black women, straight women, are the highest uh, population disproportionately affected by HIV and AIDS. We are the highest, yet we only got two people that have been able to share their truth. And I understand the stigma around it and like the pr- cultural pressures. So I'm not forcing anyone or shaming anyone who hasn't been able to come out. But I think we have to applaud that Billy has his courage to share his truth. You know what I mean? Like, why are we not talking about this? Why are we, where are the people? And listen, I'm in Hollywood and I hear the rumors. I don't like to, um, you know, keep up with rumors because then, you know, like whatever, but I hear them and I hear the individuals who say, yeah, I actually am HIV positive. This person is HIV positive. I would never disclose that, but knowing that there are so many, it's like, we need to start figuring out how we can work together to find that collective self-esteem and courage to like encourage our brothers and sisters to say it's all right you'll be supported and loved and then that can hopefully diminish the numbers in the the black community that is so true i want to end on a high note and we are going to take it back to your castmates and that relationship we have the new season coming up and so i just have a few fast and furious questions for you so you have to describe which member of the Fab Five is most likely to, okay, most likely to blank. And you just let me know. Don't don't think about it. Just say it. Most likely to take someone's phone when they're not looking and take pictures. Anthony Tanami. We've already done it this season twice with Jonathan. Who's most likely to cry first at a movie? Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. Okay. Yeah, how about even a question. who's most likely to work out on vacation? Definitely not Karamo. Um, Anthony. Anthony as well. Okay. How about who's most likely to kill a plant? Karamo. Uh, this is this is very Anthony Karamo driven. I'm promising I can bring in the other guy. But the questions you're asking right now are just right now. Okay. Okay. How about be running late? Oh, Jonathan Bennett. <laughs> Jonathan, I guess. Twenty four seven. Okay. Between which two castmates would you most likely have to mediate a conversation? Ooh. Um. It's weird because I don't think any because we're all really good at communication. It, it can be a fun mediation. Okay, yeah, fun mediation. You know what? Um, you know what? I will say this. Bobby and I argue all the time about temperature because I am cold-blooded, so I like it hot. And he is hot-blooded. He likes the cold. So I guess I would have to mediate the conversation between us, which I already do. Um, yeah. But honestly, we're all pretty good communicators, and we all get along to the fact that we like we can talk about things. So, yeah. 
That was Queer Eyes Karamo Brown. For more on him, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. As we know, the pandemic caused so many things we love to go on hiatus, but the world is returning, and so is Broadway. <laughs> on last night's episode of The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy and Lynn Manuel Miranda, who's of course behind the big musical film In the Heights that's out this weekend, performed a musical number to celebrate Broadway's September return to packed houses. Listen. Come with us. There is life beyond your friends at Netflix. Hulu, Peacock, Disney Plus. Guest performers included Olga Mareris, Felicia Rashad, Kristen Chenoweth, Christopher Jackson, Laura Benanti, and Jimmy Smits. After they hit their final note on stage, the crowd went wild in applause. Yes, Broadway is back, and I am ashamed to admit I still haven't seen Book of Mormon, but I am planning to. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow. 